0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is Em, and I want to talk about books and cats. of cats. We had some big excitement last night. Our littlest cat, who's only a little over a year old, Sassers. Um if you've been following our Instagram, you have definitely seen Sassers. Uh she caught a mouse last night. And my husband wasn't home and me and my daughter are absurdly afraid of mice. Um I don't know why. I never wanted to be the woman that like screams and jumps up on the couch when there's a mouse, but here we are and that's how I am. Um She had the mouse on the stairs and had trapped me and my daughter upstairs, Uh, so my wonderful 12-year-old son was our hero and caught the mouse and took it outside. Sassers was not very happy. She was so cute when she had it, too. She had it in her mouth and she was just growling at all the other cats. It was really funny. So, lots of excitement. For today's book, I'm talking about a delicious thriller called A Good Marriage by Kimberly McCraight. There's no cats in this book, which is very lucky for the cats. (laughs) I got this book through Book of the Month, of course. Most of my new books have come from there. Uh, The whole point of getting Book of the Month was that I would read different genres because I tend to be a horror thriller, sometimes sci-fi, but mostly just horror and thrillers. Uh, Yeah, I'd say about 80% of my, uh, my Book of the Month orders have been thrillers. But I'm reading lots of really good thrillers, and a lot of them are written by women. So go women authors, because you're killing it. So this book was impossible to put down. Um, It had so many really interesting themes and relationships. I love when you're given little bits and pieces of different relationships, and you have to kind of put it all together, and it forms this bigger picture. Uh, And this is exactly how this book was. Uh, The main theme was about marriage, and it examines different relationships, mostly marriages. um, And it kind of looks at what people believe constitutes a quote-unquote good marriage. And it also kind of covers what people will do or hide or pretend while trying to put out this, this idea of a perfect marriage, you know, or a good marriage. I mean, in reality, we all know that, like, perfect doesn't exist and every relationship has its ups and downs, but not to these people. (laughs) If you just look at that part, it sounds like kind of a bummer, but then you throw in a private school scandal and a famously rich man who has been arrested for his wife's murder, and that kind of cranks up the drama. The story unfolds through the point of view of a woman who is hired to be this man's lawyer— Uh, And she actually went to school with him, and he tricked her into taking his case. And while she's working his case, she's also going through her own marital problems. She has an alcoholic but well-meaning husband, and maybe not always well-meaning, you know? Um, There's some question about that. So the present-day plot, which is told through her point of view, is broken up with the point of view of the murdered wife in the days leading up to her murder— You're kind of being told how things unfold. And so within both stories, other couples are intertwined and all of their lives enmeshed in this compelling, almost unbelievable way. So what I love about this style of writing, where you have the main story and then it's broken up by these other little chunks of the past, is that pieces of the mystery are doled out in quick little bites and exciting moments. And there's lots of sudden revelations. The pacing of this book was fast and utterly absorbing. I loved it, and it created this really tense, kind of anxious feeling for the whole book, which I'm always so impressed when a writer can so perfectly craft a feeling, because you can't just say, okay, while you're reading this, feel really tense and anxious the whole time, but just her word choice and the way that she doles the story out really creates this tension. Loved it. I could not put this book down. I got so absorbed while I was reading it that if anybody tried to talk to me, I was, like, snapping at them because I didn't want to be interrupted. And then I could not—I tried to put it down to go to bed. I couldn't do it. I stayed up until 2.30 in the morning to finish it because it was just so absorbing. The end was satisfying, too, and well-crafted. I find, as both a writer and a reader, that endings can be really tricky, especially with something like a thriller— especially with something that is so exciting and builds up this tension. I find that in the end, usually things tend to be a little disappointing because you have to wrap it up somehow, you know, and it's never... It usually falls short, but that was not the case with this book. I felt like the ending was really well done, and I was satisfied when I'd finished it. There was no disappointment. I love, love, love this book. That's three loves. I really respect the skill it takes to craft these kind of books. The characters are well-written and believable. The story's intriguing. The mystery is unraveled slowly in a real and believable way. And everything adds up in the end. What more do you want? McCrate did this perfectly. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes to her author page on Amazon because she has a bunch of books and... Personally, I'm going to be checking out the other ones, but I would highly recommend that you start with A Good Marriage if you haven't already read her work. Okay, so since there are no cats in this book, I thought I would introduce you to one of mine. She has actually passed. When I began the podcast, I had five cats, which I believe I said in one of the episodes, um, and each came to us in a different way. And today I want to tell you about Tonza. So 12 years ago, we're taking it back. We had one cat. His name was Zeus. He's Irene's favorite. She talked about him in the other episode. And I really wanted another cat. I've always had more than one. I thought Zeus could use a Playmate, and the kids were little, and, you know, kids adore kittens. So why not get another one, right? So at the time, I was scrolling through a very early Facebook And one of my favorite college professors and a very talented music director, singer, and animal lover posted that her partner, who worked in Massachusetts, which is south of Vermont, for those that don't know, she was commuting down to Massachusetts, and she had found a kitten in a parking lot behind a hospital, and it needed a home. And I thought, this is perfect. So I messaged her. I told her, You know, I've got one cat and these kids, and I would love to take this kitten. So we live at the top of Vermont, which is closer to Canada, like real close to Canada. And this kitten was in southern Vermont, which is, you know, four hours or so away. So we agreed to meet at kind of a halfway point, and we picked up the kitten. She yelled the entire way home, but she settled right into the house. Her and Zeus became good friends and always got along really well, and the kids absolutely adored her. So that's Tanza's origin story. We like to say that she's our dumpster kitty, which is hilarious because we also called her the queen, because she was this big, fluffy cat, and her fur was always perfectly groomed. I think maybe twice in the 12 years of her life, I had to cut a mat out of her fur. She always took impeccable care of herself, and she was very regal A little standoffish, lots of attitude, but also super sweet. She definitely preferred me. I like to call her my spirit animal. Both of us have a bit of an attitude, so I could appreciate it. Uh, She was good to the other cats, but they'd only try to challenge her once. There was no question about who ruled our house. Unfortunately, not too long ago, Tonza got really sick and it took about 4 days and she wasn't eating and she was wasting away really fast and we had to have her put down the vet says they think it was that it was probably cancer in her mammary glands but it went real quick and uh she had she had a good a good end we made sure she wasn't in pain uh we brought her some grass because she loved grass but she hated going outside so she would sit on the porch and just nibble at whatever grass was growing by the porch and sit in the sun. So we brought the grass to her and we just kept her comfy and gave her lots of love. And, uh, that was that. And we miss her. So that was kind of a bummer, but that's Tonza. Um, I felt like I needed to talk about her even though she's passed because it was really recent and, you know, she was a big part of our family. (laughs) So, other random cat stuff. The other day, somebody shared with me a picture of a cat topiary. Like, a huge cat topiary. And I was like, how is this real? Turns out, it's not real. But it is a really cool digital image created by this artist. And he's done a bunch of other ones, and I love them. The cats are... They're so cute, and they're so, like, lifelike... But at the same time, they're made up of these, like, vibrant green plants. They're really beautiful. And I'm going to put a link to an interview with him about the original image, and then it has some of the images that he did after. Check it out. It is so cool. Um, Yeah, cat topiaries. Like, that's the coolest art ever. I wish it was real, but a picture is pretty cool, too. So in my own personal book news, I am finishing up my next book. It is a short uh, kind of sci-fi fantasy novel, because surprisingly, while I love to read horror and thrillers, I like to write sci-fi fantasy. Go figure. So my new book is called Feelers, and it is going to be out in November 2020, so it is coming up very soon. And I'm super excited because I've been at this writing thing for a long time. You know, I could say for my entire life, because I think I wrote my first book in second grade. But I've really been working at, like, actually being a writer and getting better at my craft, probably for the last 14 years or so. And um, I'm pretty pleased with how this book has come out. And that is uh, something, considering I am right in the middle of the, uh, the editing phase. And, uh, yeah, we're getting there. It's almost ready, but editing can be a real slog. It's not as fun to read something when you've read it so closely so many times and you're just looking for every little error. And you know there's going to be at least one in there that I miss. It happens every single time. But honestly, lately, it's I've gotten like professionally published books that have errors in them, so I think it's okay. So I won't be talking about my own writing um, very often. I'm not going to be, like, you know, doing the hard sell for any of my books. But I was really excited about this one. I just finished going through it and editing it um, one of the times. It goes through several edits. But I'm feeling pretty good about it, and I was excited. So, yeah. Check out Feelers when it comes out in November. So that's about it for this episode. If you have a favorite book or cat... Drop me an email at books.cats.pod at gmail.com and I'll read funny cat stories on future episodes or give me suggestions for books to read. I'm always looking for a good read. And thanks for listening to the Books and Cats podcast. Until next time, keep reading.